Welcome to the Helping Families Be Happy podcast, where we explore the often messy world of family love and relationships. I am your host for this podcast, Dr. Carla Marie Manley, a practicing clinical psychologist, wellness advocate, and author based in Sonoma County, California. I've teamed up with Familius Publishing to bring you nourishing real-life information about love, family, relationships, and life. Now, I am thrilled to introduce today's guest, Megan Alms, who will be talking with us about her picture book, Creature from the Woods. Welcome to the podcast, Megan. How are you? Hi, thank you. I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting. It's a joy to have you. So before we get going, just tell us a little bit about what makes you, you. Well, I am an author, clearly, and I also do a lot of freelance writing and a little bit of blogging. And now I've got my very first picture book coming out, which is super exciting. Okay. And home is where? Where is home to you? I am here in Indianapolis in Indiana with my husband. Mm, born and raised in Indianapolis? Mm-hmm. Ah, very nice. Very nice. Okay. So what drew you to be interested? It sounds like you have so much experience with freelance writing and being an author in general. What drew you to create a picture book? Well, when I was in late high school, I was just about to move out. I actually had the surprise of getting a little sister. Ah. So that was that was a lot of fun. And because of that, we've always had always had a fun relationship being the cool older sister and everything. And I went off to college and I was taking writing classes and I decided to take a children's writing class. And I wasn't sure I was really going to take it anywhere. You know, it was it was a fun class, but just trying out some different genres. But as I was in this class, I started getting all of these ideas for all of the different fun things that I enjoyed reading when I was that age and things that I wanted to share with my sister. Because at the time, she was a toddler and she loved pretending. She loved to pretend to be different animals. And so sometimes she was a tiger cub. Sometimes she was a little kitten. And she had one phase that lasted almost a full year, probably where she would always introduce herself to new people by saying, hi, I'm Little Bear. And she, so she was just always being some kind of animal. And that really inspired me to write this book that kind of met her in the world that she was in at the Mm -hmm. moment to encourage that, that pretend play, but also reminding these young readers that, that they are loved no matter what, no matter what creature they are. Very cool. Very wonderful. So you were, it sounds like, almost old enough to be her mom, 18 years or so (laughs) age difference. How lovely. And so you naturally just gravitated toward being big sister and Mm -hmm. being part of her imaginary world. Mm -hmm. It was very fun having that, that sort of different relationship where I was just about old enough to be her mom. And and for the first few years, sometimes we'd go out in public and get some little bit of dirty looks because people would just naturally assume and they would think there's no way she's old enough, but they would just assume that I was, I was her mom. But then again, also being at that age, this instinct kicked in a little bit, I think, to 
nurture and step into that role more so than than I think it would have if I had been closer to her age when she was born. Ah, so it sounds as if it stimulated something in you to really go into that magical world of children's mm-hmm. picture books. Oh, yes. It was very fun to to go back through my old bookshelf and a lot of my old TV shows and and, and rediscover all of these things that made me who I was and see them from a completely new perspective. Mm. So were you always a lover as a child? Have you always been a lover of picture books, reading in general? I have. I I have a lot of memories of, of sitting on my parents' bed at night and we would have story time right before bed. And my mom was actually a part-time librarian at my elementary school. So I would a lot of times I'd finish up school and then I'd go meet her in the library and hang out there for an hour before we headed home. So I was definitely always a bit surrounded by books. And that makes sense. So, you know, I'm thinking of Familius's, the publisher, right? Your publisher mm-hmm. of the habits of, you know, healthy families and loving families. And we think of, you know, loving together, reading together as being some of them. Mm-hmm. It sounds as if your parents created that piece of reading together from very early on in your life. Is that mm-hmm. the case? Yeah. The I think there's just something special about reading because you're not, it's not just one thing. You're spending time together. You're physically getting close. You're learning things intellectually and emotionally. So it's it's just such a unique experience that I don't think really anything else can replicate. I agree with you. I agree with you. How do you see your work and this book in particular, which we'll dive into in a minute, but how do you see that your work makes families happier? Well, I really intentionally wrote this book with kind of the the core theme of you can be stomping around like a bear or a little bit stinky like a skunk or all all of these different animals, but I will still love you. You know, no matter what, no matter what creature you are, you are my special child. And and it's written in a way that it could be read by a parent or it could be read by a big sister or a grandparent or an aunt or an uncle, any, anyone who is wanting to share that message with the child. And I love having that extra little bit to just remind kids while they're reading that sometimes sitting and reading together might become a routine, but adding in that extra message that sometimes you might forget to say. It sounds as if, I've not seen your book yet, but it sounds as if the big message is a focus on unconditional love. Mm -hmm. Is that a big piece of it? Yeah, I I think on the surface, I think the first time you read it, it's a lot of of silly animals. The kids might get all excited about uh, the bears stomping around and the bunny is hopping and all that. And I, I want to pretend to do all of that. So surface level, it's just fun. It's a fun little book to read and go through all the rhymes and act out all the motions. But I think when you do get to the end, you realize that that was the whole book was this message of, I love sitting here and watching you play. I love sitting here and watching all of the big steps you take as you grow bigger and grow older and learn more things. So I think it's a book that kids can look back on once they've grown up and see all of these messages and fully understand, Mm -hmm. wow, that through that whole story, the deer fawn taking timid steps was really 
this this adult figure in my life watching me take chances and take and learn <sighs> these new things and the owl being curious and wanting to learn new things was my adult figure watching me learn about the world around me and so i think there's there's a very playful element but then there's also this element where you look back and you realize the whole book is about just this love and watching a child learn about the world and grow older Oh, it sounds just magical. Absolutely gorgeous. So when you think about the work that you do and how would this, for example, help a mother and child be more bonded? How would reading this book, you know, we have, let's say a Mm three-year-old and then mom, how is this going to help there in your eyes? How is it going to help their relationship? I think especially just the act of reading itself already helps. You can read so many things talking about the emotional intelligence, the relationship building that just reading together can cause. But I think it also can help build these memories of I can absolutely see, and I I hope I get to hear stories about this as soon as it comes out. As you go through all of the animals, seeing the kids being able to interact with it and jump around and hop and stomp, but also being able to make those memories together, but also be able to have that quiet moment when you get to the end. Maybe it's right before nap time and you're trying to get all of the wiggles out and then you slow down and you sit and you read those last few stanzas and be having that memory also of the, the tenderness oh, that will last. It'll be there in the moment as they're one, two, three years old. But as they grow older, pick that book back up off the shelf. Think back to, wow, these were things that were special to my mom then, and they're still special to me now. I have to say, Megan, this is my 99th podcast with Familias, and that is the first time I've heard anybody say what you just said, tenderness, and how beautiful it is. Yes, there's the interaction. Yes, the quiet time. Yes, the emotional intelligence building, the relationship building, but you use the word tenderness and how beautiful that is that you just brought up something for me when I think of, you know, being read to or reading to. It is. You touched it. You got it. That piece (laughs) of, I hadn't thought of it about that word before, but that's exactly it, isn't it? It's the tenderness. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. That's gorgeous. Yeah, absolutely. Thinking back to when I was that age and spending those moments reading with my parents, I do have memories of of laughing and the maybe they were reading and they tripped over their words a little bit and we would just laugh and laugh and it was so funny. But then there are also the moments where we were just quiet and enjoying each other. And I think about that on being on this side kind of with my sister, I didn't get a lot of time to live in the same house as her because I I moved out right away, but I'd come back and spend the summer and I'd hear her little music box going and her little her little voice in her bedroom. And I got to hear my parents sing the same songs they sang to me that I hadn't heard in, I don't know, 15 years from them. And it just brings back this feeling of of as we were talking about tenderness and wanting to cling on to those little moments. That's just so beautifully put. And a piece that, you know, I must say, I 
think we tend to gloss over or not slow down and get quiet enough Mm -hmm. on, you know, when we're talking about these topics to realize that that quietness, that tenderness, that's that moment. I'm also getting sort of a visual of a mom and child holding hands or mom Mm -hmm. just, it is that really sweet tenderness that I think is sometimes the glue that helps families be happy. The tenderness. Absolutely. Yeah. My sister came over just a few weeks ago and it is almost never quiet when we're in the same room. (laughs) We're running around and we're reading aloud and we've just started doing some really easy kid level video games. And so there, there's a bunch of of talking about who's going to win this time and the TV's all turned up. But then just before she headed home, she wanted just a few more minutes, just a few more minutes to snuggle. Oh. And that, no, we couldn't say no. We absolutely couldn't say no to that. And so we just sat for a few minutes in the recliner. And just like you said, I remember I was holding her hand and looking at it and thinking, there are only so many times you get to hold this hand when it's this size. And so just a few minutes of quiet at the end of a crazy day of playing is so special. Both parts of it are special, but something about that quietness gives you a chance to sit and think about it and commit it to memory. And I just sat there and made sure I would remember that moment just so that 10, 20 years down the line, when we're adult siblings, I can still reach back and find that that moment of just holding a tiny hand. So beautifully put and such a good takeaway, an incredible gift just to highlight that, pause and highlight the gift of tenderness that Mm -hmm. yes, it gives humor and fun and interaction, all of those lovely pieces, but it does give that tenderness that is so often absent in our very busy lives. Thank you for highlighting that. I really appreciate that. What what a gift. What a gift. Just to remember, when we read to a child, we are giving that gift of tenderness to the mm-hmm. child and to ourselves as, as well. So beautiful. So as we prepare to wind up, are there any key pieces of your book or anything else that you'd like to highlight for our listeners? I think the, well, let me think. <laughs> I think something that I have found to be so important for for kids and for families is finding those love languages, the things that make them feel love and knowing what things make them come alive. Mm-hmm. Because you don't have to have all the same hobbies, but there's something about genuinely caring about a passion or a way of loving each other that it makes such a difference. I think back to when I was in in late elementary school, I was absolutely obsessed with the Disney fairies books. The, I loved Tinkerbell. I loved all of the all of her friends. I knew all of the lore. And I would talk to my mom about them. And we would have these whole conversations about them. And it was a, probably about a decade later that I was talking to her about them again. And I learned that she really had never read them. And I was completely convinced that we had both read them and loved them and we were all on the same page. But she knew about them from listening to me (laughs) and having those conversations with me. And it was that easy, just paying attention to the things that I loved, even if it wasn't something that she was a part of herself. And 
as much as I, I kind of joked, I was like, I can't believe you would do that. I can't believe this whole time, I thought. But it was also so special to know that even though it wasn't something that she loved, she listened and took part in that with me too. And my husband and I love going to Disney World. I, we're big Disney people. And sometimes we're walking through and I hear these parents who clearly don't know what's going on. And it makes me so sad. They're like, oh, look, it's Elsa. And it's like Sleeping Beauty or something. <laughs> but these kids, it's it's clearly like their favorite movie. Yes. And so it's so sad to hear this going on in the person in line behind you who doesn't know who these characters are, doesn't know what's going on. They just turn on a TV in front of their kids and they press play on something that they've never even watched together. And this isn't even necessarily limited to kids. My husband and I do the same thing. We try to learn about the spaces and communities around the hobbies that we have. And I think even though we don't always share them, I think knowing how to talk about them together brings us together. And so that that to me is one of the core things about being a family is, is not only spending that time together on, on books or movies or puzzles or whatever you enjoy doing together, but paying attention and getting to know that other aspect of the other people's lives that you might not be a part of, but you can engage with it. Absolutely. And you talked about just briefly, because you mentioned love languages. So for our listeners, if you're not familiar with the love language, there are gifts, acts of service, words of affirmation, quality time. And there is one more gifts, acts of service, quality time, words of, words of affirmation and physical touch. And so when you're looking at really tuning into someone else, we all tend to have a love language that we like to enjoy and we tend to give in that love language. Mm -hmm. And so the key piece is to knowing what our love language is, how we like to receive. And then for a child who may, their love language may be words of affirmation and touch so that when you're reading to them, they may get a lot more gratification if they're being held and told good job mm -hmm. or wonderful than somebody who maybe prefers another type of love language. So thank you for bringing love languages into the mix. It's <laughs> um, an important concept. We could spend an entire podcast on that. Mm -hmm. So it really makes so much sense when you're having trouble connecting with someone, and then you realize what it is. And I think that's part of why books are so special too, is because they do cover so many of them. Yes. Like the reading together covers almost all of them in one go. And so that's one way to show that love in several different ways, all at the same time. Absolutely. You would get, you give a child a gift of a book and teach them that a book is a really wonderful gift. I got so they, a lot of those growing up. <laughs> yes. And words of affirmation, telling them they're doing a great job as they use their own storylines or whatever happens for them, physical touch, holding them just weaving together all of the pieces and the quality time, of course, that comes naturally with reading a book to someone if you're really tuning into the child. Mm -hmm. So as you said, you know, when you're in Disneyland or where Disney World, wherever you are, the more you tune into the person instead of tuning them out or paying attention to something else, the mm -hmm. more wonderful it is in the long run. Absolutely. 
so. Well, thank you so much for sharing your time with us today. Where can our listeners find you? Well, I have most of my work is on my website, uh, meganalms.com. And there you'll also find links to my Instagram and Pinterest. That's kind of where I hang out. Instagram to chat with people, might let you know what I'm up to at the moment. And Pinterest to kind of share all of the inspiration and kind of be a landing spot for all of the content and the writing that I have floating around everywhere. Wonderful, wonderful. So it's Megan Alms, M-E-G-A-N, Alms, A-L-M-S. And her wonderful book is Creature from the Woods. So thanks again. It has been such a joy and a pleasure. And as we conclude today's podcast, I'd like to thank Familius for bringing this podcast to you, their support in bringing these messages of such love and tenderness to your ears and your heart. would be thrilled if you'd subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review on iTunes and social media. If you'd like more wonderful Familius content, be sure to visit us at Familius.com where you will find our Habit Hub blog, as well as a spectacular selection of books for families, just like Creature from the Woods that we talked about today. One step at a time, we can and will make the world a happier place. Thank you for sharing your time with me, Dr. Carla Marie Manley. It's been a joy and a true pleasure. Be well and shine, shine, shine as only you can do.